Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. I'm pleased to see you return once again to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today we have something different on the show. If you'll take a look over here in this glass display case, you'll see what look to be human remains. A skull, spine, torso, what used to be arms. But under close inspection and analysis, one might find that this is not human material. That's quite odd. Much like the oddities found in a new series which premiered on Netflix on November 19th. So let's pull out the mutoscope and explore the South Korean Netflix series Hellbound. Now, Hellbound, for those who have not seen it, is a dark fantasy, South Korean dark fantasy, uh, directed by Yon Sang-ho. And it's based off his webtoon of the same name, Hellbound. Now, Hellbound, I believe the first three episodes made their premiere at the 2021 Toronto Film Festival. It was the first primetime program or TV series from Korea to make it to the festival. Netflix picked up the rights to it. And like I said, it premiered on Netflix November 19th and really took the world by storm. Uh, although a lot more quietly than Squid Game. But yeah, it really surpassed Squid Game, which had been released a couple months prior uh, in viewership. However, Hellbound just hasn't got the press that uh, Squid Game has. Because I, I think people are, are catching the uh, South Korean horror fantasy fever. Because we're really seeing that there's a lot of good quality programs coming out of, of South Korea right now. And everybody's trying to, to jump on board to be the next person to discover the next Squid Game. Now, I, on the other hand, have no such compunctions and am late to get on board to almost everything. I was late on getting on the uh, Squid game uh, bandwagon if you will but uh, once I saw it I realized this is this was a a really cool interesting bizarre story and done in that sort of uh, garish way that you see a, a lot of shows and movies made in in some of the Asian countries and it really was a, a fascinating story to tell and and I held off on watching Hellbound because I just, one, had a lot of other things that really already had, <laughs> already had lined up uh, that I wanted to talk about on the show that I wanted to watch in my personal life. And I kind of held off on Hellbound uh, mainly because of the preview shot on Netflix. It wasn't a very flattering shot. You have the guy being chased by these three executors and the, <laughs> the my wife constantly asked, hey, you're going to watch the one with the uh, the cute, cuddly monsters? Uh, because they've got these dopey grins on their face. They look like they could be sweet Muppets. And I said, I don't, I don't think they're good guys. I don't think they're cuddly creatures. I think they take people to hell. And she's like, but, but they've got smiles on their face. How could they be bad? Uh, well, I, I found out. I finally sat down and watched Hellbound and found out that, yes, these creatures are bad. And the CG, well, we'll get into the CG a little bit later. But for all of its shortcomings, and, and there are a few shortcomings, 
episodes of this series. Hellbound is an interesting idea. I've heard a lot of reviewers and commentators calling it a, a devilish idea. And I really, I think that's a great way of putting it. Uh, we're put inside this world in South Korea where the events of this series are rumored. There's videos that have leaked on the internet. It's kind of an urban legend that you may see a disembodied face, an otherworldly spectral face that gives you a decree. It says that you, whatever your name is, will die in a number of days, five days at 9.30 p.m. and that you are bound for hell. Now, like I said, there's leaked videos of these. You know, everybody's got a cell phone these days. Everybody's recording everything these days. Uh, there's leaked videos. Like I said, this has come become kind of an urban legend in this world that, that Hellbound takes place in. But widely known enough to start a cult, if you will, out of it. There's a what's, what seems to be a, a cult called the New Truth, led by their, their cult leader, their young cult leader. He's probably in his uh, 30s, somewhere around there, Zhang Jinsu. Now, the first half of this series, and it's six episodes, so the first three episodes revolve around this cult leader, Zhang Jinsu, uh, a detective, Jin Kyung-hoon, and an attorney, Min Hai-jin. And Jin Kyung-hoon is kind of investigating what's going on with these people are being murdered. Uh, there's videos of people being chased down in the street because once your time is up, uh, according to the decree you get, at that time, you will be found by these three creatures. They look like a cross between a gorilla and some sort of rocky, stony, elemental creature. There's like soot and stuff falling off of them. They show up and Beat the blue shit out of the person that has been been condemned. You get the crap beat out of you, and then they surround you and use their hands. Uh, some sort of white light energy uh, comes from it, and it incinerates the the person who is condemned. And then they run off and disappear uh, behind some sort of otherworldly veil. Jin Kyung-hoon is, is a detective who's uh, been tasked with investigating this and finding out what's going on. And he finds out that his young daughter, teenage daughter, is caught up in this new truth cult. Now, as a, a bit of a side story, but it really kind of ties into the main story, there's a, a young single mother, Park Jung-jae. And, and forgive me if I'm pronouncing these names wrong. <laughs> I watched Hellbound through once, and uh, I can't remember if I'm pronouncing these exactly correct, but you get the drift. But uh, Park Jung-jae, uh, she's a single mother, and she is coming home from working late. You can tell she's a hard-working mom. She's got two kids, a young boy and a young girl. They're waiting for her. Uh, with a birthday cake. It's her birthday, and they stayed up to, to celebrate this birthday, and the young boy is filming her blowing out the candles when all of a sudden this disembodied face, this otherworldly face who the new truth calls it an angel, it appears and tells Mrs. Park that she is going to be bound for hell in five days at a certain time. Now, according to the new truth, everybody who gets one of these decrees 
usually has some skeleton in their closet. They're commi- they've committed some sort of sin that makes them bound for hell. It, it comes about later that the new truth doesn't believe in original sin. They believe that there are certain sins that you can commit, and if you don't commit those sins, you will not be bound for hell. Mrs. Park seems to be a, a good woman, but they like, well, she's got two kids, and they must have different fathers and maybe they were married and she cheated with them, you know, trying to dig up some dirt. She never confesses what her sin is, if there is any sin. But uh, the new truth is is all about finding out what her sin is so it can continue its doctrine of if you follow our rules, if you don't do the sins that we say are uh, going to lead you to get a decree and go to hell, then you'll be fine if you follow our rules. Much like uh, a lot of religions do. But they try to get her to confess her sins so they can uh, substantiate what they're telling everybody. And the first three episodes revolve around that. They set up the demonstration is what they call when when these three otherworldly creatures come and take you to hell. They call them demonstrations. They're going to broadcast this demonstration on live television. We've got the attorney, um, Min Haijin, acts as an advocate for Mrs. Park so that the new truth will, will pay to broadcast this demonstration so Mrs. Park's kids will be set up for life uh, once she is finally gone. And, and both her and the detective, Jin Kyung-hoon, uh, they, they're trying to find out about this, this cult leader. Zhang Jinsu and what is his story? Why why is he doing the things he's doing? Why did he set up the new truth? And and it's a bit of a mystery. And we see all that play out. I don't want to give too much away. We see the demonstration play out and the aftermath in regards to the detective and the attorney. Now at the end of the third episode, we get a bit of a time jump at the very end. It's about five years in the future, and then the the remaining episodes, episode four, five, and six, play out in this not too distant future where the new truth has become an even bigger thing. I think they say half the world believes in the new truth and follows the new truth. It has a new leader who's more bent on power. And in in this story, we see a young producer slash director works at a TV station, Bae Young-jae. He and his wife, uh, Song Soo-hyun, have just had a newborn baby. And this newborn baby gets a decree that it is going to die in so many days, three days, I think it was, at 9.30, and it is bound for hell. Now, these last three episodes, four, five, and six, do not have any of the characters from the original three episodes, save save a couple. The new leader of the New Truth shows up at the very end of episode three, and the attorney, Min Haijin, she shows up these last three episodes and she's kind of a main player in these last three episodes and what i'm foreseeing uh the rest of the series once we get a season two but the new truth their whole thing is that they don't believe in original sin they believe that if you commit the sins they deem worthy of going to hell that you are going to go to hell and that an innocent person would never be bound for hell and the fact that this this tiny newborn baby who's done nothing wrong has been marked for damnation and bound for hell throws a wrench in their belief system and the system of belief that they have got half the world believing in. So if word of this gets out, 
that puts the new truth in a bad light. And we see the attorney, uh, Min Haijin, she's uh, created this new organization to help people who have gotten the decree and are bound for hell, help them stay anonymous so the new truth doesn't take advantage of them. And she wants to broadcast this baby's demonstration so the world can see this innocent child is quote-unquote being bound for hell and that the new truth is not the purveyors of God's word like they say. Because through this whole thing, the whole idea of this new truth cult is that these decrees are from an angel and that these creatures coming and taking somebody to hell are divine retribution. The whole idea is that this group was created in a way to make the world a more righteous place, but there's a lot of holes in whether these events are righteous and divine in nature or not. And the fact that a newborn baby is being bound for hell is proof that these this is not divine retribution. This is something else. And then we see that whole story play out, and the demonstration plays out not quite how we thought it would. And then at the very end, there's a, a bit of a surprise ending. Like I said, I'm not going to go into too much detail uh, because uh, I think a lot of people will really enjoy this and I want you to see it. If you haven't seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And we're going to kind of talk about some of the themes and, and the other interesting things without getting too spoilery. But all in all, I really thought this was a, a good idea, an interesting show. It really sets up a lot of mystery that we don't even... I mean, we still know nothing about this uh, face that appears. We know nothing about these three hulking supernatural monsters that appear and why they're saying people are bound for hell when it's it's obviously not divine in nature. Uh, so it really leaves a lot to be revealed and discovered once we get a second season. I'm assuming we're going to get a second season. This isn't going to go the way of Cowboy Bebop and get uh, canceled after the first month, uh, especially with the response and the viewership that uh, Hellbound has received. Uh, I think most assuredly this is going to get a second season. But uh, but it did. they did leave a lot of mystery, revealed just enough to keep you... Uh, wondering what's going on and make you realize that there's still more story to tell and there's still more that we don't know about with this face that shows up that they're calling an angel but you know it's not an angel these creatures that they say are divine justice and divine retribution but you know it's not I don't know. It's, it's one of those stories where I'm just, I'm excited to see where this is going to go because it's, it's a different idea. It's something kind of new and it's something kind of interesting. It's very, it's piqued a lot of people's curiosity. And I think that's uh, what has made people so attached to this so quickly is because you're not spoon fed a lot of information. You've got to figure this out and you got to enjoy the ride and you got to buckle up because this, you know, this was only a six episode uh, season. And like I said, each half of the, the season was in a different time. Uh, so, you know, the story moves fast. There's not a lot of time to waste. And they really make and take advantage of every second they have in this in this story. And it's not so much horror. I, I've seen this described. You would think Hellbound, Monsters, Horror. It's not a horror per se. It's more of a mystery. 
like I said in the beginning, it's more of a dark fantasy with supernatural ties. There's not very many horror elements. There's not very many scary moments. These monsters are not scary because of the CG. That's probably, if I had uh, any knock against this show, is that the CG is not great. The CG is... is lower quality the monsters look hokey <laughs> they look kind of stupid it looks really cheap the newborn baby in the last three episodes is some of the shots of the newborn baby is obviously a cg baby <laughs> and it looks creepy and weird because it's not great cg work so that would be my only drawback that'd be my only complaint is that the cg is really hard to to watch because it is not that great uh, now maybe you know with the success of season one uh maybe they'll get more money to up the production value and then maybe maybe in season two we'll see some better cg some better creature design uh i don't know but the story is such that I'm okay with the CG not being that great because there's not a ton of it. We maybe see these creatures, I don't know, three, maybe four times. So it's not very prevalent. You know, it's it's not like every shot is a CG shot. Uh, the baby, you only see that a few times. So I'm okay with the CG being substandard because the rest of the show and the rest of the story is engaging enough that that I'm okay with the CG not being up to par. I'm enjoying the story. I'm enjoying the mystery of it. I'm enjoying the the dark nature of it. I'm enjoying the themes of it. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of themes to unpack in this. There's themes of religion and religious hypocrisy. Uh, there's themes of cults and how easy it is for for cults to take hold in people's lives. There's a lot of themes of mob violence and how easy it is for one person to whip people into a frenzy and for for good and decent people to, to do horrible things in the name of, of some religious cause. Uh, there's a group called the Arrowhead, which is a violent mob-like street justice version of the new truth the new truth separates themselves from the arrowhead but they also use the arrowhead to be their muscle when it's deemed necessary and there's just a lot lot to unpack especially in today's times where you know it's we've seen a lot of mob mentality during you know covid and with uh, all the events of uh, police violence here in the united states and there's a there's a lot of similarities and a lot of similarities in how politicians can can whip people into a frenzy. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. There's politicians on all sides that try to whip their constituents into a frenzy to extract some sort of action against the other side. And that really is kind of uh, one of the themes, I think, of this. You've got this charismatic cult leader who... Uh, lets his people commit acts of violence against innocent people uh, when it benefits them. And and we see that every day. And, and it's really interesting to see all that play out in, like I said, a dark fantasy type landscape. So if you're into picking apart a show for themes and metaphors, that sort of thing, uh, this is... 
This is going to be your jam. You're going to enjoy this. Uh, if you just like a good story and interesting characters and sympathetic characters, some of these characters are, are very sympathetic. Even the ones that are considered antagonists uh, have some sympathetic qualities to them. Nobody is completely one-dimensional. Uh, there is one character in the in the second half of the season. He's the new leader of the New Truth. He's a bit stereotypical, flamboyant villain, very over the top, and, and uh, so that that's probably the only character that's a little more one dimensional. But uh, but most all the other characters have some complexity to them. That just makes the story more real, I think. Now this is something where I wish I could comment on the acting, but it's it's such that I'm I'm not one of those people that oh it's not in English I'm not going to watch it. You know, I, I don't care if if I'm watching a foreign film or a foreign-based uh, television series like this. I, I do have to listen to it with the overdubbed voices. I cannot sit there and read dialogue while I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Especially with this, where there's a lot of complex uh, ideas and, and things going on. I want to be able to watch what I'm watching and not sit there and watch uh, subtitles. So it's really kind of hard for me to gauge the acting because I'm not getting the actor's voice. With the overdub in English, you get voice actors that they use a lot of the same voice actors for these. And a lot of them, uh, I hate to say it. I mean, I don't mean this to be disparaging against voice actors. But they're not great actors. A lot of them are not great actors. And it's hard to gauge uh, an actor's performance when you can't hear the vocal performance. But one thing I tried to do is watch facial expressions when when certain lines of dialogue were given. You know, judge whether it's over to the top or whether it's there's subtlety to it and nuance to it. And from what I watched on the screen I, I i enjoyed the performances of the actors at least physically from a facial expression standpoint that's that's the only thing i engage the acting performances by uh, because you know like i said i i watched the whole season with the english overdub but i really enjoyed uh, all the actors that that portrayed these characters all the actors very much uh looked the part I love the uh, the actor Yang Ik-jun who played uh, Jing Kwan-hoon, the detective from the first three episodes. He kind of played this down-and-out type detective who just comes in and he's, you know, he just doesn't care. He's trying to get a cup of coffee while they're in the middle of a meeting and very nuts. Not slovenly. Uh, he wasn't that. He wasn't, uh, but a, a little unkempt. And you, you could tell he's been through some stuff. And we learn a lot about his character, how his, his wife had passed away, brutally murdered. And he just kind of has given up on, on life and society. Uh, the only thing that's keeping him going really is his daughter. And but he just he, just the way he looked, uh, the way he was dressed, uh, the way he carried himself and his mannerisms kind of slumped down in his seat. And I didn't have to hear a vocal performance to believe that he was this character, which I think is a, a testament to the, the acting job he did. And there were a lot of performances like that and made it believable from a visual standpoint. 
So if you dig foreign films, if you dig foreign television series, if you love the Squid Game, I really think uh, you're going to enjoy this. If you just love a good dark fantasy supernatural mystery, I, I think you're still going to enjoy this. Yeah, like I said, the CG is not up to standard for my taste, but I really didn't let that bother me. I enjoyed the story enough to where the, the CG was not as big of an issue for me. I'll take great story over great CG any day. Now, if they could get the CG up to the standard of the story and the standard of the direction and the standard of the writing, uh, that'd be awesome. That'll make season two even that much better. But but we'll have to see. Uh, there's been no word. I mean, this just came out here you know, last month. So uh, really no word yet on a season two. But I have to imagine we're going to see a, see a season two probably, I'm hoping, sometime next year. But like I said, right now, still too early to tell. But I encourage everyone to check out Hellbound. It's a wild ride. It's fast-paced because, like I said, there's only six episodes. And they've got a lot of story to tell in a limited amount of time. So there's a lot lot to enjoy, a lot to, to dive into and unpack. And there's a lot of mystery and a lot of great story to tell. And there's a lot for the future. So I'm really looking forward to more from this series and encourage everyone to check out on Netflix the series Hellbound. So I want to thank everyone for listening. Coming up on Monday, December 20th show, we're going to talk about Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah, a couple of big movies coming out. I believe tomorrow we've got Nightmare Alley coming out. We've got Spider-Man No Way Home coming out. Also, The Witcher Season 2 is coming out on Netflix on Friday the 17th. So Monday the 20th, we're going to be doing Spider-Man No Way Home. Then Thursday the 23rd, we're going to talk about Nightmare Alley. And then on Monday the 27th, I'm going to do my recap on The Witcher Season 2. And then we're going to round out 2021 with a curious year in review. So lots to look forward to as we come to the end of 2021 and as we go through the month of December and you can find out all the details on what's coming up on Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on our Facebook page. And I want to thank you for listening. No matter what platform you're on, please leave us a review. Five stars would be awesome. But whatever review you give us, we do appreciate the feedback. And uh, again, thanks for listening. And until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!